0: I'm still I'm still at the office.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm recording now, so just so you guys know.
0: I have at least 20 more bottles of wine for us, so we're getting-
1: <clears throat> Fantastic. So you're here for the long haul then?
0: Yeah, I yeah. like how Joe's wearing a hat for this.
2: I mean. Let me, get rid well, of Let me try to take it off. I mean, He's got
0: the face for radio, so yeah. we're good here. <laughs> there
2: we go. Poor Joe. Does that make you feel better? Is that, no, you now you can see both people? our gray hairs. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, got, I got more. My, my Welcome hair.
0: to the OG panel. Yeah.
3: I'm the old gray clone over here. You guys want to see my OG panels right here? <laughs>
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, we're going to take uh, what I think is a much-needed break from the current Dodgeball scene and kind of reminisce about the uh, good old barnstorming days. And um, here to help me do that is uh, Serge Ferrari, Joseph Colella, Kelly Salamone, and Mark Acomb. Guys, thank you so much for hopping on and being willing to chat with me on this lovely Friday evening. I see you guys have uh, your assortment of drinks. We'll just leave it at that in case anybody wants to question um, our fuel, I guess. Um Yeah, yeah. Cheers, everybody. Um, Let's just go ahead and start with introductions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Glasses clink. That's a telltale sign of of what this is going to be. So you've been forewarned. But um, let's go and start with some again quick intros. Serge, go ahead and start. Uh, So your full name, current team play for. It shouldn't be a surprise, and how long you've been actually playing uh, competitive dodgeball.
3: Uh, My full name is Serge Ferrari. I play for San Diego Rides, and I've been playing for. I think 13 years, since
2: 2005. Nice.
1: Joseph?
3: Math checks
4: out. <laughs> Hi,
2: my name is uh, Joe Colella. Um, I have been playing dodgeball for uh, 12 years now, since uh, 2006. I currently play for the Open Division, uh, Arsenal, and then for Coed, I play for Echo. Awesome. Kelly?
0: Hi, I'm Kelly. I play, I've been playing since for 12 years as well, like Joe, and I play for the women's division and the captain of Beavers, and I play right now currently uh, for Alliance in co-ed. Get juicy. Let's get yeah. real juicy. Oh boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, uh,
0: myself. Steve, you're welcome.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, it's just I I foresee a lot of editing uh, in my future, but that's okay. Um Mark, how about you go you go ahead now?
4: Uh well I'm Mark Aikham. I am the head of Elite Dodgeball, co founder of USA Dodgeball. Playing competitively since two thousand eight, before that in all kinds of places. Um and I am the captain of Riot. Fantastic. Well, Riot player right now we'll we'll was Captain
0: A Oh, man. The new
4: captain. Alex was captain this year. Oh,
1: okay. It's like a rotational captain basis or?
4: Gotta mix it up every now and then.
1: Nice. Different leadership. I like it. Are you feeling better, sir? Um, for those of you that have maybe listened to the full two and a half hour podcast uh, that was dropped a week ago prior to this one's release, how are you? In a, in a two, three sentence answer.
4: Uh, doing a little bit better um, literally in the mad dash of getting everything done for worlds, so I had my uh, my down week and it's back into the grind to get everything ready for that. I would say really check in with me after worlds when I've, when I've like just completely retired and just walked away
1: yeah, I, uh, I tend to forget you exist until March, so we'll see if I can that's fair. <laughs> Now, f- for sure, I'll check in. Um, well, cool. Well, hopefully, this kind of brings back some good memories and has a more fun approach. But uh, before we actually dive into this, uh, this is all your ideas, Joe. So, can you kind of take me back to round one in um, LA and kind of explain your rationale behind this idea?
2: Sure. Yeah. You know, um... Listening to uh, the podcast and being a big fan of, of the podcast, I listened to all the previous episodes. Aww. Just thought this would be a great time to at least pitch this to you after round one. And, and more so it came up because uh, there was a different feeling come round one. I think everyone can admit that uh, you know this year round one, at least in the West, there were a lot more teams than there were in the previous years. And so there was a little bit different spin uh, to this year's Elite. Uh, mostly just because of the amount of teams and the amount of activity that we got in in Dodgeball. And, you know, one of the things I noticed in round one was, um, you know, I think some people sometimes take for granted what uh, is currently available to the Dodgeball community versus what uh, and how it originally started. So uh, that was really my main point was to maybe get a podcast out, which I think this is a great time to really speak about this. Uh, being after the Nationals this year and uh, after the most recent episode on your podcast, this is a perfect time to, to uh, speak about this and just maybe see how far we've come as a dodgeball community since the early days and how we should appreciate what we actually have currently.
1: I agree. Um, I know I did not mean to time it like this. Um, It was just one of those things that like, hey, we'll figure this out as we go. And then, you know, we just had recap after recap after recap in some of the interviews. But yeah, you're right. This is actually the timing worked out perfectly, especially after the uh, previous episode with with Mark. And um, also kudos for listening to the entire thing. I mean, I dropped that thing like maybe three, four hours ago so hopefully that uh, helps. <laughs> I was room. gonna say how long did it take you to edit out all my f-bombs <laughs> i think i was the worst to be honest um i was like see, a lot of
0: beeping in that one why are you it talking was. like
3: that <laughs> We're noticeably above,
0: let's uh, see if we uh, can make this one worse
3: let's uh, my big
2: uh, moment was apparently lucas has um, a pretty big vocabulary as well and i could not see that ever for coming uh, out of lucas's mouth so who
4: knew
3: yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. I'll. You know what? I'm. I'm sorry. I kind of fibbed a little bit there, Mark. Luke, Lucas doesn't cuss that much. It's just that we we told him to watch the swear words in the uh, Seattle Classic recap, and he wants to drop like a couple of you know a words here and there. It wasn't terrible, so not to I'm sorry to smear your your uh your good nature yeah, there, yeah. Lucas. But <laughs> it was just more frustrating because every other word was like, oh you know, or. I'm like, no, I got to I got to leave that out later. Dang it. But it was more funny than, than anything. So Well,
0: we we told you in the recap of the classic that people who swear tend to be more intelligent. So, you know. That's
2: right. There have been studies that out there is
0: That is right. Yeah. So
4: Here the There's bleeps. been
0: studies done.
4: Yeah. What about <laughs> those who swear and drink?
1: <laughs> just, let's just well, do it this all.
0: This podcast is on a roll.
4: Yep. Yeah. We got to. We got, like, five PhDs here.
2: <laughs> but, one official, but... Uh, yeah, one actual, right?
0: <laughs> one official, one master's,
2: three Regular TB- TBD, I, I don't under, know. I don't, I'm not really sure. That's, that's as far as I went so far.
1: I attempted master's, and I was like, oh, this is dumb. This is doing <laughs> nothing for me. I already already got what I needed, so... Well, before we dive right in again, uh, I just want to preface, this was originally going to be the, like, the WDA versus the WDBA episode, but um, shockingly enough, I, I don't know if I should preface with that, but I had a really long conversation with Alan Thomas right after WDA, and um, he kind of changed how I wanted to approach the whole thing, so what I wanted to do before that was actually just kind of talk about the good old days and kind of like I don't say error or grievances but as you were saying joe like just kind of reminiscing about the good and mark what you were alluding to last episode was you know also kind of touching on the bad and then going from there to an actual like okay what is actually going on um in case anybody was wondering because i try to update you know my intents or my intention of the schedule and uh, i did not um just toss this aside but anyway um you guys have been saying that you've been playing dodgeball since 2005, 2006. Um, early in the thread surge you said like you, you can't really speak to like the pre-NDL days is that true?
3: yeah that's that's, that's right I, um, I started in 2005 at a bar and then uh, my first competitive tournament was the first NDL in 2005 so I'm not too sure what happened before that
1: Not much so so you came in and the, when you entered the dodgeball scene the NDL was already there. Um, no,
3: no, actually, so when I entered the dodgeball scene, I, um, I started playing, like I said, in a country western bar. Right. Um, and You've
4: got to name it, because it's the greatest thing ever, because I was there at the same time. But you, you were know the cross paths.
3: Yeah, you, you, you were able to make it out to one of them?
4: I worked at Bennigan's down the street.
0: Yes! Yes!
4: <laughs> in Mission Valley. down the street from In Cahoots, Uh and I closed Sunday nights. Oh, wonderful. People that would finish or or, or come back from that would come to our bar, and I would just hear about it, and I was just always just so insanely jealous (laughs) of like, I need to take a Sunday night off to go play dodgeball at this god bar.
1: (laughs) Were you playing dodgeball at that time, Mark?
4: That was a t- that was a period where I wasn't. I was racing motocross almost exclusively.
1: Gotcha. Um, for some reason, I remember you being part of the extreme dodgeball league. The TV I show.
4: wasn't. You the 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 people that are still kind of around from that era are David Benedetto, Eric Tillman's Benny Toth. Um, I haven't seen Gary Davis in a while. Um, and then, you know, there was Sebastian Ciotti, and...
1: Seabass. There,
4: there's another one that I'm... Oh, obviously, uh, Costanza. And right. so those were the guys that were the main ones that are still kind of... somewhere are around, and some are in the peripheral vision. Like, they'll still show up to some open gyms around here. But those guys were back there in the, the extreme dodgeball days. So they had three seasons, the third season, they were given a celebrity. Um, I'm sure Dave could give you an amazing recount of how that all ended. Um, From the production side, I know that it ended because that production company was a fledgling small production company that had the show on Game Show Network. It was actually doing great ratings for a cable show. Um, It was pulling in close to about a million people per episode, which is actually, for cable, is great. Um, But what ended up happening was they got a TV show greenlit at Fox, which was going to make, you know, when they were making cable money, they got network money, which is just... tenfold and so the show that they left extreme dodgeball for was if you remember it was called the swan the swan the swan was where they took people that they deemed ugly and they gave them all the plastic surgery they wanted and it was on fox
1: isn't that like the story of our lives as, as dodgeball players? Like we're always getting just pushed aside for something just incredibly ridiculous and inadequate. And it's such a, just a slap in the face. But
4: it was one of those things where like game show network was a very small and it still is a very tiny cable network. And while it was doing good ratings, like to go from a cable network to a, a, a like a, you know, a major five, network like the money is ridiculous like they dropped it like a bad habit and then there was also problems with the dodgeballers and um, there was a lot of infighting in terms of players were told you know for example like Dave won one of the championships and won a ton like they were supposed to win $10,000 no one got paid out so there was a problem between players and producers that sounds familiar that's how that kind of like all p- piled. It would be interesting for you to have uh, Dave's perspective and Costanza's perspective because that's going to be completely different sides. But uh, I would say if you want to get information on that, it's it's pretty fascinating.
1: It'd be cool to go into the weeds like that. I'll definitely probably not even bother trying to edit anything though with either Dave or Costanza on. But um. Good luck. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there there's, there's some parallels there though. Like, oh you mean to tell me there was infighting and dodgeball? No way. Even back in two thousand four. Um real quick before the NDL, uh just to give you guys uh from my perspective what dodgeball looked like, it, it it was just around. Um we just decided on a whim to play medic, which was a version of Dodgeball, I guess, back in the gym days, and um we started in two thousand four and then out of nowhere um the movie dropped in, two, in June of two thousand. Yeah, same year, two thousand and four, uh, and there's a huge surge of dodgeball leagues and interest everywhere. And um, how I found out about the the NDL was through this website called dodgeballer. Do you guys remember that by any chance? It was a, it was a message board. It was a, it was a forum. Like back in the days when forums were still a thing, right? And message boards. Do you remember that by any chance, Serge or Joe or Kelly?
2: No, I don't. No. yeah and and from what i recollect back in the day uh, really colin gabernski was the guy who kind of pipelined every type of dodgeball tournament that we would know about like he was our guy who just told us about whatever dodgeball tournament was out there and we really had no idea what that was but we signed up for every tournament that was was out there that was possible back in the day in the early 2006 and seven seven days
4: Dodgeballer.com is owned by US Dodgeball, not to be confused with Team USA or USA Dodgeball. So it's the NDL people own that website.
1: Yeah, so big surprise. The number one forum of Dodgeballer was, was, again, it was a message board. So anything Dodgeball related was posted on there. And you found this simply by Googling Dodgeball. Um, Back in the day, there was like nothing else that would um, have that kind of SEO ranking. So in 2000, early 2005, it was announced that the National Dodgeball League was going to have a $25,000 tournament um, hosted at Caesar's Palace, and I, I think we're just going to dive right into one of the topics right now with this. Um, it, it just created all the hype. Um, it, it looked very polished, very professional, and uh, I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much because I'm not really sure how into the weeds you want to go. But, um, sir, do you want to kind of get into the day a little bit, or?
3: Yeah, well, can I um, actually backtrack a little bit and maybe say a few things about Inca Hoots because I think I would be doing it an injustice to not...
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah,
0: we sure. awesome you can awesome definitely about. talk about Inca
2: Hoots. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, well, okay, yeah. well, let's not talk about the entire experience. <laughs> thing, but we can uh, talk about uh. some things. <laughs> <laughs> concerning Inca Hoots. So Inca Hoots was awesome. It was, uh, we, we started there before the NDL in 2005. And um, just imagine... Dark, a dark environment, two-story coliseum-like environment. When you're walking onto the court, the dance floor, that is surrounded by a net that they would put up uh, every Sunday night, two twenty-five. You call it, and it was no holds bar. The court sizes were smaller than the elite, um, and there was no blocking. On top of that, so it was just it was just total chaos and total brutality.
1: Did you guys use? Uh... N- nice little hint there in nice pun. With no you guys pun intended, use, right? Right.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: there was blocking allowed. Was it? Women yeah. were allowed to block.
3: Oh, wasn't that really the case?
0: Yeah. So women were allowed to block, which made them a kind of a, a special part of the team, because it wow. was co-ed.
2: Yeah.
4: Uh-huh. You used them as human shields, didn't you, Serge?
0: No. I not. will say I, would I was used as a human shield many a times, But it was the best way I ever learned how to block. Yeah. Because it was so close and you were blocking everything.
2: And to be completely honest, uh, you know, for uh, my own experience, I first started out playing it in Cahoots. My very first dodgeball experience was at In Cahoots. And so, you know, playing that for up to almost a year before I I started playing NDL, uh, when I went to NDL, it was so slow because your reaction time had to be was so you literally had you know tenths of a second in cahoots because the court was only a total of like maybe 30 feet long while under the influence a 15 foot center line uh where you couldn't see the balls because the colored lights up top were orange and purple and red the same colors of the balls that we were were also using at the time so um, you know, it uh, it was quite the experience. And headshots, headshots. I don't were they legal in Cahoots? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah they were. Barred. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, and, then and on
0: the- top of that, you were drinking top shelf liquor for two fifty. Yeah, Don wow. Julio
2: and and Coronas were. It was five bucks with the tip. You know, every Back time you block. went to the bar. You learned
0: real quick how to get out of the way, <laughs> block or catch.
2: You know what was quite
3: quite exceptional and wonderful, at least for me, Steve, was when I learned. How to pinch from the guys up in Oceanside. I think that's where I met Justin and all of them, and I snuck it into Incahoots. And mind you, these are courts that are smaller than Elite. <laughs> the The setting is dark. Everyone's under the influence, and I bring pinch to the table and just start smacking people hard. People are coming up to me asking me if I'm on steroids and what had happened to me over the weekend, and and that was wonderful. But um, once they found out what it was, they banned it.
1: They banned it. Um, <laughs> so, Pinch is brought to you by somebody from Oceanside. Ocean, Possibly so, yeah. Justin. You
4: know, and was, the great thing about- Wasn't it Random Man?
0: Yeah, yeah. well, Random Man introduced it to yeah. Oceanside through yeah. Justin, and then also Colin and Tommy, and that whole group that had started earlier.
4: Tommy Viviano, I oh, haven't man. heard that name in a long time. That's an old name.
2: Quite the family man now. He's
1: in
0: Texas. Is he is uh, in Texas.
2: So, you know, what's what's what was great about in cahoots, if, if an outsider ever came in, maybe they were just going for a cup of coffee at the Starbucks in the shopping center, you know, at eight o'clock at night, you'll they, they pull into the parking lot and you see about 40 people or 50 people outside warming up to play dodgeball so cool. with cutoff sleeve shirts and mm-hmm. basketball shorts on. And we were like had tape around our fingers and our wrists. And like, it was a serious thing, Go- even going into In Cahoots, it was still quite the competition, yeah. because there was cash prizes at the end as well. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, uh, it was, you know, you wanted to let everyone know who was the best. Yeah, and they In had Cahoots like search was still busy. there,
4: yeah?
0: Yes. yes. It just stopped doing dodgeball.
2: Serge, do you want to explain that? No, it was probably Serge's fault. Not the have to get into you. <laughs> <laughs> See, let's, Next question. Real quick, there though. was an unfortunate was... incident where it stopped. But in all honesty, you know, it was a blessing in disguise only because I think it really formed, helped San Diego create a Sunday practice as well, and where we established some type of uh, formal dodgeball in the early days, uh, where we actually had a, a schedule where we'd go out into a park and play, but... Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. But that was actually the formation of the first formal schedule practice that San Diego ever had for as a dodgeball community.
1: And why and how San Diego would actually show up to these tournaments in the NDL and, and start owning people and how you guys ended up being so good. Um, this was rubber, right, that you guys were using, by the way?
2: Yes. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. I remember I was actually invited by my friend Heidi, who I worked with. And she's like, oh, you have to come down in cahoots. It's so fun, you can get cheap drinks, and you can just watch us play dodgeball. It's like, all right, cool, that sounds good. So I think I was playing indoor soccer at the time. I finished my game, and I went straight to N' and I was watching it, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, it, it's insane, but I'm here to watch. I'm here to drink. Like, let's have some fun, and it was actually Corey Morrison, who came up to me at one point and was like, Hey, we need a woman. Like, can you come play right now? It's like, uh. So I literally like flipped off my flip flops and like ran out onto the court. I had no idea what I was doing. I was super drunk. And I think that was actually probably the best experience because I don't know if I would have done it if I hadn't been completely yeah, intoxicated. Think... But <laughs> what it ended up being a lot of fun. And that's what ended up keeping us coming back every week. And enjoying kind of the camaraderie around yeah. dodgeball and Incahoots.
2: I think that's where Kelly got most of her nicknames from. Was from <laughs> Incahoots in her early days, and um, I was probably a big proponent of nicknames. Uh, is that where Beavers came from.
0: Oh no, this is prior to Beavers. He's going to get real, real interesting here.
2: Yeah. So, so two of Kelly's uh, first initial nicknames uh, from back in the day uh was last call that was our first one <laughs> okay, I, can, I can hear
1: <laughs> that one
0: <laughs> cheers <laughs> yeah
2: and um i think it was uh, what is it clutch motors uh, yeah clutch yeah mode. because kelly uh, so my very first experience of me and kelly and jim mcmasters and corey morrison were all on the same team we were called did uh, jim have a full head of hair oh and it was yeah he had yeah. The, he had the bleach tips
0: bleach tips <laughs> <laughs> full hair yeah
2: and uh um, like yeah. that connected from his eardrum to the shoulder yeah, <laughs> and, and, we had big gary. yeah and he had uh, he had really big muscles at the time so he would come in with the cutoff shirt and he had a big watermelon head but that's besides the point <laughs> what, what was important is we it, the the name of the team was rookie of the year <laughs> and um that was that was my first team that i was ever on and it was me jim kelly and um uh cory morrison and there was and another big and big gary but Clutch mode came from Kelly always being the last person in, and she always caught a ball and brought someone in so that we could win that, that week or whatever it was. But um, Kelly always came in clutch at the very end, and she still does it today, and that's where she got the name from. So I'll I, take credit for the nicknames that, that Kelly has. You,
0: you did give me those nicknames, and I'm also still last call.
2: Last call. Last yeah, call was probably yeah. the most important one because uh, last call at one fifteen. Uh, in San Diego when we were still playing dodgeball during the the, uh, championship series (laughs) it was we would all look at each other and Kelly's like let's do one more (laughs) and so we would get the Don Julio and the Coronas and uh, cheers it up before we went out onto the the dance floor to compete in the uh, championship uh, match that's
1: amazing (laughs)
0: that's how you win championships
1: (laughs) did uh did Chase Vendell or any of the Triple A All-American Impossible guys play in this tournament? Like you mentioned, uh, Colin Gabrinsky a while ago.
3: Chase came down. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't part of, of Inca Hoots from the beginning, but eventually he worked his way down. And and maybe I guess to a certain extent, we kind of corrupted him there. He was uh, oh boy. somewhat of a, a, a goody-goody before uh, being introduced to the dark world of uh, Inca Hoots. But... He would come down and have a lot of fun, and he was one of the top players there as well. Um, similarly to how you know he played on AAA. It's probably
1: taking shots of like wheat grass, you know, not really engaging yeah. in all the fun.
3: Oh no, he was. Uh, he would he would engage in, in, in the full the full thing. Oh wow.
1: libations. Yeah, <laughs> libations. <laughs> Man. Yeah,
0: he came down. Um, I mean, Colin and Tommy were always there. Who kind of had a link with some of the guys up there. Uh, but a lot of them were young, so they couldn't get into the bar. Right. But, so.
2: But Incahoots did hold an annual dodgeball tournament. I think. I, I think that's is that true, Serge? There was like a, there was a sign up for like yeah that was different from the the annual Sunday dodgeball. There was a an hoots type tournament where it did bring a lot of the people from Northern San Diego, the Vista, Oceanside area down to. In cahoots just for that tournament as well as, as some of the colleges here at uh, you know, San Diego State as well.
3: Yeah, I think I think in, in some of the later years, I think they, they started doing that.
0: Yeah, because we did it during the day because before that, in cahoots was always happening you know, starting at 6, 7 at night on a Sunday night. But when we would do the tournaments, they started earlier in the daytime. I remember we'd be out in the parking mm-hmm. lot warming up, getting stuff ready um, before we went in.
1: So awesome! I wish uh, I wish we had something like that. Um, the closest thing we had was Blade World, and you might remember Surge, uh, that indoor roller hockey rink. I do. They would serve alcoholic beverages during these tournaments that we would try to host, and um, used to drink and play I'm at that make time. Make this
4: come back! That, my my wheels are already spinning. Yeah, like, I, I can I'm, see that. I'm like, like, partner with a bar here in Los Angeles. That and would make this happen.
1: That would up yeah. the rec scene so much. That would get so many new people playing.
4: I would. I, I've, I've, I've been look. I've been looking at sports bars in LA. Like I'm making this happen. It's done. I'll, I'll, <laughs> You're googling
0: as we're having this conversation.
4: Absolutely, 100. Like two weeks. Later, I'm sorry. I'm already like, I need this in my mind. Mark, life. I'm in. I'm
0: in.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I was gonna
4: we do it like right in the middle of UCLA and just <laughs> wail on kids <laughs> that oh. are just legal enough to drink, but still legal enough to like
2: maim get murdered naive enough to sign up for a right. dodgeball tournament at the same time <laughs> exactly. i'm sure
1: of those like 30 kids we'll apply recruit like five or six of them that will want more
2: you'll
4: be able to look back at this in like three months and be like "Yep, yeah, it happened it, it, was, it was it happened here
1: this is what started it i was gonna say we should have like a a pilgrimage at Incahoots cahoots one of these days i need to go actually see it for myself and just embrace the i, uh, I, would, the I would love
4: to call them and be like what's it gonna take to like it, do an event.
3: It's sure. the same manager. I'm man, not
0: sure if is allowed to go.
3: No, I am. I'm. I'm actually really cool with uh, Mike, the manager that uh, who was there originally. But you know, he um he took off for a few years and now he's back. So I think he. I think he would be interested. Mark, so you should uh. I'll hit him
2: up. Him I, I, you
0: think like to, maxima, I think it'd be
3: great uh, to bring like- it back to
4: Mecca. <laughs>
1: Please do
2: it. I mean, in all honesty, uh, Inca Hoots was probably the, my very first experience at In Cahoots. Hooked to me on dodgeball my entire life, you Mm -hmm. know, and and even at the age of 38 now, which I hate using that, those numbers, but, um, I'm going to, I tell people even at my work and it's a great icebreaker for work too, because I I do a lot of training. So I'm in front of a lot of people Mm -hmm. and, you know, to my icebreaker is always about, um, the game of dodgeball. And I tell people about this and it's, and they just, it just laugh and they completely open up after it. But. I tell them, I'm going to play till the wheels fall off, you know, um, and it was all because of my very first experience at In Cahoots Dodgeball.
0: I will say In Cahoots was probably some of the funnest, most fun, funnest, I've been drinking. Most fun. Most fun. Dodgeball played just because even when there were fights and there was over drinking and I was at the bar again by myself. It was just a fun time. Like we didn't you come back the next week and everybody was okay.
2: Yeah. You're you're buying drinks for the same people you're yelling at. Yeah, exactly. Like
0: you're like, oh my gosh, you're an idiot, but here's a shot of tequila. Okay, we got this. Let's go.
1: This might be too deep of a question right now, but I'm just gonna go for it. Um and I'm trying to pull it up from the conversation that Mark and I had. And that was um, you guys were saying like how fun this was and like just that was like some of the I guess for lack of better words, like the purest dodgeball, like some of the best memories and I'm I can pull from my experience in, in Tucson as well with Blade World and, and some of the times we go up to Phoenix and play in, in their bar tournaments and um, probably not gonna ask this as eloquently as I'd like to, but the question is, do you think we've lost some of that with all the progress, development and growth that we've had witnessed over the past 12 years, primarily the past three.
4: I think I'm in a different situation than the rest of everybody on this. Yeah. Just I mean, because I, I mean, I started this, I started elite because I was upset with the way things were run by not one organization, by but, but by all of them. So, like i'm in a situation where like i don't i don't get to play without being at least part of running it so like i haven't been able to like fully check out and be completely 100% in the game in in years so I mean, I would love to find something where I get to do that. Uh, you know, Kelly's tournaments to allow Kelly's tournaments allow allow me to do that. I think I think I've just been running into problems with like timing, work, and wife, and timing, life.
0: Well, yeah. hopefully, you'll come out this year.
4: I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be very happy to burn down Tyler's tournament.
1: <laughs> burn down. <laughs>
4: oh i I get to be the for a change i I get to be the guy yelling at the refs and being completely belligerent and pointing and yelling to and 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 just getting to be a general and not have to be like you know compromising
2: you know what though mark that might actually be good because other people's other people get to watch you do what they do on a regular basis in every tournament and be like you know what that's me this tournament but you know what that that's probably me every tournament maybe i should change you know so that might be something eye opening uh for the rest of um the dodgeball community if they were able to watch it
4: oh i can't wait to be able to just like talk trash all day (laughs) like when i started everybody knew me as a trash talker I would point, I would wag my finger, and that all had to go as soon as I started running something.:
1: Oh, I had to grow up,: Bummer. Because no, it, it it doesn't have to.: like,
0: go.
4: As soon as you have to be the face or a leader of an organization, like you can't be that guy because no one will ever come back.
0: Yeah. I mean, in a sense, but coming from a point where now I've been doing some tournaments, I, I don't know. Like, I've definitely yelled at a ref or two at the women's tournaments that I run.
4: I, oh, I yeah, everybody's everybody's seen me go red in the face and scream and yell.
0: You know, I think at some point, it's just a matter of the game, and passion is high, competitiveness is high, and an understanding that the organizers are also players needs yeah. to be understood. So,
4: uh, sorry to get off, off topic here, Damon, but I think that, Yes, there's a little bit of fun lost than what where we started. But remember, where we started was training wheels. Inca Hoots was training wheels. WDS was training wheels. Everything that we're playing right now, everybody's got to take serious because people are training. We have teams hiring trainers to stretch them out. <laughs> 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 I'm you, Serge. Yes. Uh, which, <laughs> by the way, it must have bravo. worked. Bravo! Yeah. I think that was one of the best moves I've seen all season, and one of the most impressive things because someone was taking it seriously, and and what ended up happening was it was an extremely hot tournament, and you guys, you had someone telling you make sure you hydrate and stretch out all weekend because I guarantee you that. Without that guy, you probably would have lost two of your people to cramps.
3: Oh yeah. I'll give Chris, Chris Bell the credit. He was the one who proposed the idea in a group text and initially we were all not very excited about it, but it ended up you working didn't want out to be really stretched
0: well. stretched out search? What's that? You didn't want to be stretched out?
3: Uh, initially no. I wasn't too thrilled about uh, the idea, but once having him there it was it was actually um it was great. It was great.
4: I was rather shocked you didn't have him at round three and nationals. Well, I thought it was strange that it was just a round two thing.
3: No, we tried our best to get him to both of the rounds, more importantly nationals, because you know it's a three day tournament. But I think he had a wedding that weekend or there was some scheduling issues, so it's a real big But fall. you wouldn't
4: hire someone local? We should have. That's an easy Craigslist thing.
3: Yeah.
1: I don't know if you trust Craigslist with people touching yeah, you. Yeah, but
4: I mean, you can you can find great personal trainers on Craigslist because they're Is always they hungry for work.
0: Is this just Let's like a, a professional stretcher, though? Like, what exactly was this person doing for you? Well, he's a, he's from my perspective, trainer.
4: he was running them through warm ups and stretches yeah. and little like circle he had drills a bunch of
3: contraptions and stuff that he used on our arms and our legs. Wow. Um, he was doing the stretching
2: before the tournament and and keeping us loose like during the tournament. I'm not going to lie. In round two, I was a beneficiary of that because I was um, kind of lingering around the Rise team <laughs> <and depending laughs> to what the trainer was saying, and I was just duplicating whatever he was doing from afar. So I did definitely get a benefit from that, and I think that really helped me out because that was probably the most um, enduring tournament as far as um, you know being able to compete at a high level with the conditions that we were presented with. So
4: you're totally the girls from Bridesmaids, like hiding behind the tree, stealing the workout
2: for free. I just see a, I, I see an opportunity, and I took. Well, I took full advantage of it. That's what I. More
4: did. power to you, Joe. That's Many amazing. Crashers.
2: That's yeah,
1: definitely. There. All right. So you raise you raise a good point. Like we we talk about like all the good old days, but I think we're also kind of glossing over some of the aspects of it. Like
4: yeah, no one no one brings up like okay in those days. Like yeah, it was. Uh, quote unquote pure, but with pure comes like, like Serge was saying, like it, it wasn't cheating, but it's uh, uh, edging of the rules. So, like, he comes in with pinching, and everybody's like <laughs> blown away here. And And if you go back to those tournaments, like, if you go to like, and there's still these tournaments around here. And where, like, some new organization will be like, oh, dodgeball should be a cool thing, and they'll show up. And, like, I-, I think I did it, like, two years ago. There was something in Orange County, and they decided to do a dodgeball tournament. And we showed up, and we were like, I don't see a rule against pinching. Yeah. Like, it, I mean- there, there's going to be those this, the cheaters, the hotheads. There's going to be, like an enormous gray area of rules so that like if you're one of those people like myself where you try and you want to play the game within the rules to be both the best sportsman you can and the best athlete you can but you're playing against people who that's been thrown out the window whereas when we play elite right now everybody is trying to play within that box of the rules and their ability. And so you've got structure. Uh, so like, yeah, a little bit of the fun is lost with structure. It, 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 that's, that's always the case. But I think uh, I, I would prefer the structure and not be like, you know, wanting to knock someone's teeth in.
1: So I was talking to, In the podcast episode i had with glenn it was like just before uh round one and i was driving uh to la re-listening to it just thinking how i can probably ask questions better whatnot and just like it dawned on me that i was going to la um straight shot by myself for a tournament that was guaranteed to be very structured very well done just very awesome and it, just, uh, it reminded me of um, the good old days where you know we, there would be a tournament popping up, but you'd have no idea if, if it was even going to happen. Like We don't know if there's going to be teams that are going to show up. You don't, you don't know what kind of teams it will be. You don't know if there's just going to be a bunch of um, douchebag, broed-out dudes that are going to get murdered the second we start playing in a cohesive manner. And I forgot what that was like to like just go somewhere but not be guaranteed that at the actual event was going to happen because there have been so many that, that have been canceled on us the day of. We're like, well, this sucks. Have you guys ever experienced anything like that in the past? Of course. How about you, Serge? Yeah, You've been quiet.
3: Um, sorry, Steve, can you, can you repeat the question?
1: No, I'm going to move on to Kelly now. Okay, go
2: for it. Can you, can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> yeah. What's the origin?
1: The origin is, uh, have you ever had a tournament cancel on you? Like, you round up your guys, you're excited to go play. This is before the Elite Days, right, before NDL. And it just, like, is a disaster, or a shit show, or it just doesn't even happen.
0: I mean, I knew of some that were, like, not great. They definitely weren't great. We went to one that we didn't know. So this was this was back in the day when we would just get told where tournaments were. And so you show up and you do your thing. But it's 2007.
2: Best. We'll go back to 2007. Yeah, we're okay, 20... So that's where we are now.
0: 22, 23. And, of course, we showed up with a cooler beer and everything that we can think of. Yep. And... You know, no one told us we were showing up to an AA tournament. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out in the middle, and this is a two-hour drive, and this yeah. is what we're talking about. We always we always found out about tournaments three or four days before they were actually happening. So
0: And, of course, we said yes. Yeah,
2: because yeah. we just wanted to play dodgeball, and that yeah. was the thing.
0: Because back in the day, you didn't have that many tournaments. So it was like, oh, there's a tournament? Absolutely, we'll drive out there. That's That sounds awesome. Let's do it. We show up with our coolers to an AA tournament oh which obviously disrespectful like not what we want to do not what we want to be about but nobody said anything to us because they just said hey it's dodgeball and you know we come from where we go to a bar and we play and we drink
2: and i was wearing Jaegermeister wristbands and i had an 18 pack <laughs> wait you in.
4: still wear Jaegermeister wristbands
2: i do not i wear only number 56 now on my wrist or on, okay. on my forearms and it's not a, a one size fits all that's that is bogus from Nike, because I stretch out those uh, those, those forearm wristbands, by that the way. That was
3: probably one of the more embarrassing moments of my life, going to it this. It was,
0: it actually was. Like, yeah. I remember showing up and thinking, we absolutely should not be here, because it yeah. was a charity tournament, which is fine, and I'm fine giving my money for that, but that was not what we had shown up to be. Well, for, I, I think no. that, kind
3: of, that kind of speaks to the lack of structure that Mark was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Old- yeah. yeah. Um, there wasn't oh, there wasn't like a, a set line of communication. There wasn't like information properly circulated for us to know exactly what a particular tournament turn- yeah. tournament entailed. And so yeah, that was that was uh that was really embarrassing.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know you talk about you know, almost the most simplest you know complex of, of dodgeball. You talk about just the balls itself, right? I mean we were playing with SpongeBob SquarePants, um, a Halloween balls. Um, in a tournament. Whatever you can get
1: at Target, probably. There
2: different textures. And there, there, to be fair, balls. the
4: texture of those balls are some of the best.
2: Because oh, the, the the rubber is so thin that you can grip the, the hell out of one. And just any an average thrower can be a phenomenal thrower if you can get the right grip on some of those. But just the inconsistency in the balls. And now, I mean, Mark, you can attest to this. I mean, what do you do before... When you buy all these new balls, I mean, you, there's a, a, there's a more process. that goes into it than just bringing them to the tournament.
4: We could do a whole podcast on balls. Like I'm particular yes. about
0: there's very specific balls.
4: Well, yeah, like just the PG alone. There's a Vietnam, a Cambodia, a Chinese, and a Hong Kong version, and I particularly like the Chinese and Taiwan actually.
1: Yeah.
2: It's incredible.
4: So I make sure I get from vendors that get those,
2: like those uh, no sting balls. You know, I was I, you know, uh, during a uh, UDC. You know, we had to wash them in a tub with soap just to get some of the grease off of them. And so I know there's, I know some people put them in a washer just to get some of that initial gloss or whatever it is that makes it so.
4: Yeah, uh, I, and, and and I'm the only one that does that and it drives me insane. <laughs> and I'm not going like I'm not going to throw Jake under the bus here, but I am. <laughs> but but I am. it's yeah,
0: you just the <laughs> It's
4: it's going to be one of those things where like I'm sure I'm going to have a talk with him, but like everybody notices that the 8.5s at Sin City are different than what we have at say in the Elite Round. Yes?
3: Yes. Yeah.
4: Right. Yeah. because sure. They're not broken in. They're not. They're not washed. They're not stretched. They're not crushed and not reinflated. I mean, well, they're
0: also yeah. And it, like you said before, it's also dependent on where you get them from.
4: Yes, but you, you know, have, like, for,
0: first... So
4: every ball comes in uh, a. a, a they're They're covered with like a, a an oil or silicone, so that way if you you'll notice if you ever leave an eight point five ball out in the sun, it will harden it will change color it will harden it will become worthless you know, like you like any other kind of rubber like that like if you leave your knee pads or a pair of socks in the sun you dry them that way, the sun breaks down that latex that rubber, whatever that's why. You know, if you're one of those people that wears like um, compression shorts or a compression shirt and you dry it in the sun, and after like, you know, a month it's all blown out, it's the sun. So when people, uh, you know, that ball comes in, you've got to wash that off and then you've got to stretch it out to expose the rubber underneath. And then you've got to, compre- you've got to, you know, crush, deflate it and then reinflate it. And that's something that like not a lot of people do. And, you know, going back to uh like I don't I don't know how you want to call it like non sanctioned tournaments. Like I said, there's still tournaments around here you can find and you show up and that eight point five has been inflated to nine inches. It's rock hard.
1: It's a watermelon.
4: You can't grip the ball. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 a mess.
2: Well, and the reason I bring that up is just because we're we're trying to define what how far we've come since the early days and to, to what now, right? And I just remember from the early days, um, it was whatever ball you could find. If someone brought a ball from the Rite Aid that they, they paid $8.99 for, and it was like plastic, not really rubber, we used it in a dodgeball tournament. Whereas <laughs> now there's a official structure to how you go about and just preparing the balls for a tournament that people, I don't think, recognize that. Uh, going into every single tournament. They just take it for granted that that's the way the ball should be and that's the way they come straight out of the box. And that was really my point.
0: Well, yes, I agree with that. And I think (laughs) that there's a – like Mark said earlier, certain vendors are going to give you certain quality of balls. And when I did my first tournament, I reached out to Mark and I said, hey, where do you get your balls from? No pun intended. And, you know, like it – because it does matter – you don't just want to go to Walmart and pick up a set of balls, and they're going to suck. So you want to find the best quality that you can. But on top of that, everyone's going to have their own opinion. Some people like really overinflated balls. Some people like really squishy balls. Every person has their own opinion on the balls themselves. And especially with no sting, I think there is a variety of opinion on those as well. So some people like to squeeze them a little bit more, so they like them to be a little bit squishier, a little bit more worn in, a little bit used, where I like the new balls because they're more like 8.5 balls to me. They're more hard. They're firm. Those are the balls I tend to try to pick up and use because the squishy ones just end up not working out for me. But every player is going to have a little bit of a difference in what they like so it's really hard in that sense as organizers to figure out what balls to use necessarily, because some people will complain about one thing, even though other people are saying they're the perfect ball.
4: Right. So one thing I, I want to touch on, which which is which, I I might be the only person that knows this, and I I'd be surprised if somebody else does. So. The balls for, you know, Elite, the 8.5 or a no-sting ball, when, when inflated correctly, it is just about one pound per square inch. Um, you know, the, the instructions on it are 1.5, but 1.5 is rock hard and and when when we get people who say like oh it's overinflated underinflated like oh why isn't there a standard i implore you to try and find a a a pressure gauge that can do something within 0 to 1 pounds hmm. because if you if you use the same pressure gauge that you use for your car that's trying to measure something between 25 PSI and 35 to 45 PSI, depending if you drive a a Prius or a truck. So when you're talking about something within, you know, 0.6 of a pound to point 1.1 of a pound, it's impossible to measure with the tools we have available. So that's why it's all done by like feel, if you will. And so like, what we always try and do for an elite tournament is have like one person be able to do the inflation of the balls so that like at least it's consistent to one person because if you have like 10 people inflating balls, you have 10 different opinions on what perfection is.
1: Makes sense. And and I don't mean this as like a sideways comment by any means, but like we just spent maybe eight, nine minutes talking about Ball consistency, structure, and all <laughs> sorts of stuff, which is well, because we're the OGs, like yeah, because that with, was with,
4: with the ball, we're really particular because we know what like a product looks like and a good product looks like. Yeah, so let's get and It makes all the difference.
2: There's 12 years of experience of touching these dodgeballs consistently for a long time. You get you get quite the. Um, The palette. (laughs) I mean,
4: I can tell you blindfolded the difference between Vietnamese balls.
1: (laughs) We have to, I'm going to call you on that. We have to figure out next time we meet if uh, we'll have to do that blind test.
0: There really is a difference, though. And that's what's crazy about it. And it's true. Like, at some point, you just have one person who's blowing them up who says, This is the standard that I'm using for this time, you know? And that's. What it's going to be. Um, unfortunately, we—I think we've all been to tournaments where the balls—you get one that looks like a bowling ball and one that looks like a stinger—and then somewhere in between that, and you just kind of learn to deal with it. And that's that's been throughout the years. That's been pretty consistent. Um, and I don't—I don't see that changing because of that issue of trying to figure out the correct PSI and how can we get that perfect and
2: Mm, There's even slight inconsistencies in 8.5 balls. I mean, we could have ordered, you could have ordered 100 from the same company, from the same, uh, you know, uh, country, but Mm -hmm. inconsistency maybe in the rubber itself. I mean, I I grab a ball, I'm like, hey, catch them. You're going to, here, let's switch balls because you're going to throw, and this ball, you could throw 100 miles an hour versus the one you probably have that feels like you probably only throw at 70. You know, and it's really just that there's even inconsistencies in 8.5. So I think it's across the board. There's still a little bit of inconsistency, and, and maybe with some of the older older folks who've been playing for a while, you can um, – there's – the subtle differences are, are more apparent than, than um, you know, maybe some, some of the younger folks.
0: Well, yeah, I think for those of us who've been playing since, like, you had, like, the Mikasa balls that you just picked up at Walmart or whatever, like, yeah, those balls – thick, they were hard, they had no give, you had no grip
2: So It was more plastic than rubber
0: yeah.
1: They're also like 8 bucks because they had the word dodgeball on them I, I will noticed.
4: say this though the new Mikasa official dodgeball it's not a story I can really say here without getting in trouble but the new Mikasa dodgeballs if you get the new ones, they're actually fantastic
2: <laughs> That's good So more to come on that, Mark?
4: I don't think I'll ever be able to to say that on a public forum of how. (laughs) But I take credit for it.
1: I'm sure somebody will dig it up. Um, We're on Google now. Exactly. You you won't won't figure it out. (laughs) Challenge accepted. Um, You guys said a word about care or attentiveness or i, f- I forgot what the word was already but it was basically you, we tr- somehow went to this point from these organizations or clubs or bars that are holding holding these like tournaments where like hey we're just gonna go to like the walmart buy like six balls and and we're fine and they're gonna play and we'll have like five rolls and then we'll quote the movie and, and that's it enter the uh the national dodgeball league an organization that would say does care at least at the time about structure about branding about uh bringing a level of competitiveness that i don't think any of us could say existed prior to that um i did want to kind of talk about that a little bit just how much that changed going from competing at cahoots or blade world to you know going to these vegas dwcs um i guess uh I, kind of, I don't know what kind of question I want to ask about this, um, maybe, maybe I'll just ask what the first one was. Uh, Serge, start with you. What was your first DWC?
3: My first DWC was in 2005, which was the first one. The very first one. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, that was the one that was held in Henderson. Yep. And... That concrete floor? Uh, no, that was Home year two. That was 2006. Um. But it was—I mean—I can answer the question just by talking about how different it was from 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 the experience at a place like Incahoots. Um, going to the DWC was was an extraordinary experience because what had happened at Incahoots was that we started to naturally develop the best players and the best teams, and we started forming teams with those people. And we were hungry for something more competitive. And so when we heard about the first uh, DWC, which was held, is, which was the uh, national championship of the NBL. It was on a, fl- it was through a flyer that was posted in the bar. We went and we just didn't really know what to expect. And it was the first real time that we got to experience the level of structure, the level of seriousness and competition um, that was far beyond what we had experienced at Inca Hoots and it was on a national level. So it was really cool seeing so many dodgeballers from all over the country. There were players from Alaska, from, from Hawaii, from the East Coast, all over the place. And that was, for me at least, the big difference is that, okay, here's a platform, a dodgeball platform that is much more serious, much more competitive and national in scope. And I would say that is um, the big contribution that the NDL made um, when it held its first national tournament, and then continued to do so throughout the years.
1: Do you remember that? What team won?
3: I think it was um, it was the team that um, it was the team that was sponsored by a bank. Home loans. They they were a- Alaska. No. 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 Alaska won in 2007. They beat us, and we got second place. That was the first year RISE went, and Alaska won in 2007. 2006 was AAA. 2005, it was the bank-sponsored team, and they wore maroon jerseys, Steve.
1: Based out of Utah.
3: I'll tell you, um, a a really fond memory that I have of that tournament was the the crowd gathering uh, largely celebrated match between Team Evil and Triple A. I don't know Mm. if you remember that one, Steve. I I do. But it was pretty cool because the Triple A guys were like you know, like all goody-goody guys and you know, they had these super like nice looking uniforms like white jerseys, you know um, sky blue shirts and stuff. And here comes Team Evil with Steve and they're just wearing all black. And we had like
1: the <laughs> devil on our chest, and
3: yeah. So it looked like it looked like uh, like you know like a, a heavenly war. <laughs> it was it was, it was, a it, holy was battle. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was a match that everyone was like, waiting for the entire time, and I don't remember who won that match. I think I want to say it was Triple A. Good ended up winning on that one. Is that is that?
1: Yeah. So uh, also one thing you forgot about this team Triple A was they had a giant cross on their left chest, and so it was literally good versus evil, and. I remember I approached who I think was now um, not Colin Gavrensky, but the other short guy. He had like the handlebar mustache. Um, I approached him, me, Logan, and Mason. And uh, just to set the tone, like I had some really funky hair at the time. And I also weighed 120 pounds and I was also wearing Adidas pants. Uh, which is hysterical to think about now. but um, So the three of us guys, all in black, embracing Satan, um, walk up to this kid who's stretching, and he looks at us like we're about to jump him. And we're like, hey, we noticed that you guys are an all-Christian team. Um, I don't know if we're going to get to face off against you guys in the actual tournament, but would you be down for a quote-unquote fun grudge match uh, afterwards? And he's like, "Uh, let me talk to uh, my captain. <laughs> and then uh, a couple of rounds pass by, and here comes Chase Fendell, and he's like, "Hey guys, you know, dodgeball's great. I'm really friendly. Uh, well, let's do this." Smile. What's that?
3: With the biggest smile. Yeah, the I'm biggest,
1: sure. like, warmest smile ever. And just like, wow, this guy's like, he's not bad. Okay, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a fun grudge match. And so, sure enough, the tournament plays this, it plays out. We secure some place in the far furthest corner of home courts. And we play, and uh, good prevailed. We lost, but I will say, um, Logan, our captain at the time, knocked Chase out, and there's footage of this out there still.
0: Oh, wonderful. So the guy with the handlebar mustache that I think you're talking about is Alex Galloway. Yes, Galloway. That's him.
1: I knew I knew another Galloway.
0: The
2: beauty of Facebook. He's another real family man now. He's got uh, a couple kids, and and, uh, he's married, so he's... He's departed from dodgeball, but uh, quite uh, the—he was quite the legend. He played for a while. Yeah, he did. He he was uh, quite the proponent of dodgeball for Mm -hmm. the first couple years that uh, that I was involved in. But I think just to go
3: back to that tournament, Steve. I mean, if I remember correctly, there must have been like at least twenty-five to thirty teams at that at that championship.
1: There was a lot. So it was, uh, you know, twenty-five thousand dollar asterisks pending 64 teams show up and i think there was like maybe 40 okay. it, was, it was the most teams i've ever seen let alone the most polished teams that attempted uniforms and came from other states and like one thing that the ndl, NDL did that was really cool was that through all these months as we built up to the uh, dwc they would announce teams that were going so like meet uh uh shoot i can't remember like n- new jersey uh the shockers or whatever and here's their bios and here's where they're from and this is what they expect yeah. to bring to the table and it was it was really cool because you got to know before facebook before myspace even dating myself but like you got to MySpace understand the enemy a little bit then. was it
0: 2005
1: yeah, yes yeah was. That. okay well yeah, excuse me that, that <laughs>
0: was when they were doing kind of like qualifiers
4: yeah
1: yeah. So I'm
0: curious why they I, stopped.
1: That. They they weren't doing qualifiers before that though. Like they didn't start the tour stops and all of the crap until two thousand six. Just saying. Right.
0: <laughs> um I remember going to New Jersey and playing in the Mercer Madness like tournament when it was it was huge. We pulled with Eldar and it was a lot of fun, honestly. But yeah, those were part of the
1: Mercer, that was like 2007, I think, right?
0: You know, I'm old, so those dates all just. It's all blur. They all mix. You're
2: in your early 30s, Kyle. I'm in my
0: early 30s, which is a lot older than most of the players nowadays. So all those dates mix together.
2: Wait, so who's the oldest here on this on this uh, podcast? Am I the oldest at 38? You don't have to say your, your age, I but I think am you the are,
4: oldest?
2: Joe. I'm 33. Yeah, Joe, you're the oldest. <laughs> Yay!
4: <laughs> I think we'll just have to crack Serge open and count his rings.
0: So, am I the youngest on this podcast? I think you are. At thirty-two.
1: Yep, you're the baby.
0: Wow.
1: You
3: know,
0: and I
1: get your whole life ahead of you, Kelly. If
3: I had, uh, if I had one, no, but friend. you still look great for a forty-two. Don't don't let anyone tell
1: you
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she almost spews wine everywhere.
2: She, she does have a full so head of hair, though, Serge. You know,
3: <laughs> Ooh.
0: there's a lot of
2: hair here um, yeah, if I had one regret in life it was I didn't find dodgeball early enough or that the fact that it wasn't available at an earlier age for me and so I guess you know in hindsight uh, it, it might be a regret but it's also a reward in the same fact that um, I appreciate it that much more because there are people out there today who are 15, 16, who are just attached to the internet, who get to watch dodgeball on YouTube and say, you know what? I want to do this someday. And they get to start at such an early age where I got to start at 26, 27 years old. And now I'm 38 and I'm not going to be able to play for much longer. Like I said, I'll play till the wheels fall off, literally till the wheels fall off. Um, But, these guys get to experience dodgeball for 20 more years. You know, some of these guys like Mike McGee, who is 18 or 19, I'm not really sure what age he is, but He's 19. he 19. started dodgeball years ago. And I just am jealous at the fact that he gets to start at such a young age where I wasn't available and at the caliber and level of where dodgeball is now where then, from where it was in 2000 and. 2006 where we started really competitive dodgeball like true competitive dodgeball so that's where i come from and that's where you know like i said it's it's a it's a catch-22 where i regret not starting earlier but i appreciate where it's come today for for these for the younger generation
1: yeah and that, that's
4: say, joe at the same time like just imagine like you're part of Generation One and Generation One gets inducted to the Hall of Fame first. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't get to you don't get to get inducted to the Hall of Fame in your early twenties.
2: <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. But I still have Dave Bendeno, who is in his 40s and still. He's 45. Playing. Yes, and so I, I tell him so he's every.
4: 44 day. turns to 45 in like a couple months. I can, t- go ahead. Can
0: I tell you a fun story about Dave? Please. So one of my favorite things is the very first NDL I ever went to. Of course, my family came out because they were used to coming out and supporting me in other sports. Oh, sports no. That I played in. <laughs> and they saw Dave, and he at this time had rolled his ankle. And it he was the it was size. His
4: ankle and not his calf. No, no, no. It was
0: his ankle. And it was the size of like a, a softball. It was honestly. massive. And my sister looked at him and then she looked at me and she goes, You need to stay away from that person. <laughs> I'm not sure he's stable. And I just started <laughs> laughing hysterically. It's like, in my head, I'm thinking, None of these people are really stable. But but this sure. one especially. Like yeah. And Dave is still playing, which is awesome. You know, like to be able to see these players that I remember when I was 21, 22 first starting still playing now, that's that's great.
2: Yeah, and and you know to add on to that, um, I was first introduced to Dave as Crazy Dave. That was his nickname. Uh, in 2005 and six, Was it Crazy I no Dave or Super what it Dave? Meant or, you know, it, was, it was
4: Crazy Dave, not Super
0: Dave? It no, was no, Crazy Dave. Dave. Crazy okay. Dave, was crazy first. Dave.
2: Crazy And it wasn't was an Animal? I remember nope. Animal. Nope. Crazy, crazy
0: Dave.
2: Animal was on the back of his jersey, but Crazy Dave mm-hmm. is the way I was introduced
0: yeah. to Dave.
2: <laughs> and, you know, over the years, I've, I've, I've been able to, and the great thing about some of these after parties is uh, you have the time to be able to uh, speak to some of these older guys and you know, it went from crazy Dave to introducing Dave to my girlfriend as this is Dave Benendeno. And you know, he's he's a good guy, he has a great heart, and uh, you know, he's he's uh he's part of the history of, of Dodgeball at the Absolutely. end of the day. I mean yeah.
4: I would I would argue Dave belongs on the Mount Rushmore of Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I mean it's uh it's an honor to uh to, uh, to do I that. really
4: do. <laughs> I think he's going to outlast us all.
0: <laughs> he yeah. probably will.
4: Yeah.
0: I mean, alcohol ferments you and like preserves you, right? Oh,
4: Dave is preserved by Arizona iced tea and rum. <laughs> 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 Actually, and rum.
1: So, Arizona. Well, um, his,
4: his, 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 yeah. It, sorry. Arizona iced tea and Malibu. Yeah. Malibu, if you're listening, you need to sponsor Dave Benedetto. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: Oh, man, so this is a perfect opportunity to, to go from the NDL when it introduced competitive dodgeball, had a standard, got you guys traveling to Vegas, got us traveling to Vegas, we all met each other. Why in the heck did you guys start coming down to Arizona?
2: In, in all honesty, it was a thirst for dodgeball. I mean, I yeah. think San Diego was so desperate for any type of Dodgeball experience, and I and I think Serge can attest to this too, as as, as well as Kelly, because I think we all traveled together at yeah. some point. That our first experience out there at the Grand Canyon State Games was it was the first competitive dodgeball tournament that we played in that was organized in in some type of professional way. Whether it was uh, and I forget is uh, Carrington. 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 Carrington,
1: Michael Carrington, Michael Carrington, yeah. Michael
4: Carrington again another name I, I, I love heard. Mike.
2: Mike, and, Mike. was you know, awesome. Yeah, and we actually we actually stayed at the same uh, hotel hotel as him yeah. and his family one time, and he um, we got to experience some time with him after dodgeball at the pool. He's like, I didn't realize how close you guys are in San Diego um, because you're so competitive on the da- uh, on the
4: dance floor. Yeah, on a dance floor,
2: on the dodgeball court itself, because. Uh, you know, we, all, we were very competitive, uh, you know, playing on Rise. Um, you know, we, we were very serious about about dodgeball. We just wanted to play and it was the ultimate competition. But we went to Grand Canyon State games and it was such a, a great experience that mm-hmm. we're like, you know what, this is our alternative to, uh, to NDL at the time because it was great competition. Mm-hmm. At the time, you know, to be honest, Arizona probably had some of the most competitive teams available in the early days, and you know, in 2006 through 2010, I would say uh, those times, I would go on and say that
3: Arizona was probably the mecca of 8.5 during yeah. that.
0: Yeah, time. yeah. I we wouldn't
4: call them the mecca, but they were certainly the most competitive area. Because uh, my my situation was a little different. Because when when we were coming up in LA, everything was wreck. We still had Bronson, which was 8.5 pinch, and we had no yeah. sting and when we started traveling it was you know like i wanted something more than than wreck because it was it was fun but it, it just didn't itch that competitive scratch and vince ish and i were like we want something more so we 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 got a you know a 12-person a van and we we got a bunch of people and we went to Arizona and we got bamboozled by uh Scott or er, Sam Pewitt.
1: Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. That's a name we don't say out loud here.
4: Yeah. But so we got told okay you need to come out to this tournament. Oh man. We go there it's at what, what do you guys call the, the, the basketball arena there? Kiwanis? No, yep. no. I'm talking A- about arena. Where, the, where the Phoenix Suns play. Talking ASU. stick. No, no
0: they don't play at ASU.
4: No, the Phoenix Suns arena.
1: I have no idea. I don't call basketball. Talking stick, maybe? Talking stick.
4: Okay. Well, Whatever the Phoenix Suns play, the tournament was there in their practice court, and it was... Um, what we called ourselves the l a dodgers at the time uh Vince had never played eight point five It was basically just me and and ish who had played eight point five vince couldn't throw he was he was throwing lobs and then you know they told me, oh you're not allowed to pinch so basically we we lost all of our arms and we we took second to monsoon
1: monsoon. Ooh.
4: <laughs> yeah. Monsoon, which at the time was like Travis Courtney, Eric Nolan, Calangella. And um that night we go out to party. And for one thing, we we got to we got to party with um what's the name of uh, oh, the the old rocker feed my Frankenstein, Alice Cooper. We got mm. to party with Alice Cooper that night. Mm. But then we ran into Phoenix dodgeball players and they were like, oh, you should have played at our tournament. That's where it's really at. And then from then on, we started going
3: to those tournaments.
1: What year was this Mark? Let
3: me, let me say, just to give everyone a, a sense of like a timeline. The, the NDL started in 2005 and then the Grand Canyon State games, which they would have two per year: a summer Grand Canyon State Games and also a winter Grand Canyon State Games. They didn't start if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking at this old uh, tournament history, Joe. Uh, that yeah, you you're welcome. That you put together for us. Nice. If I'm not mistaken, I think uh, you know Grand Canyon State Games started in 2008. Five. And and oh. it continued until 2000. And t- uh, I'm sorry, Steve.
1: Five 2005.
0: Oh yeah. wow!
3: Okay,
2: so there were three. It start- good games. Yeah,
0: it started earlier.
2: Three good years before we started going to it. Yeah, but with Rise, we didn't actually hear about it until later on.
0: No, but I did. You guys went a year before that because I remember hearing the story about Jim, who was shagging for a team, slipped on water, and, like, slid through a doorway – Huh. And that was before I was ever there. Huh. So, so maybe that had to have been like two thousand five, two thousand six. So I can, you
3: didn't put it in the tournament history, Joe, because there was no placing uh, on our end. But the, I'll tell you this: the way we kind of viewed it, it
0: may not have been rise, but you were there.
3: It was it was comparable to like a current NDL tour, like and I mean I'm sorry, okay. It was comparable to a current uh, elite regional, right? Yeah. So you have you have the elite national championships at the end of the year. Uh, grand Canyon State games at least for us people for us in the West Coast It was the most competitive venue that we could do the most competitive tournament where we can play um, Except I mean uh, except for the NDL right so that was sort of the big grand finale We would go to the Grand Canyon State games uh, in the meantime to to continue this, this thirst as Joe for competition So let me, yeah. let me go
1: ahead and give you guys some quick history on on how we connected with San Diego so in 2006 we had the Desert Madness NDL sanctioned tour stop which uh, we were able to provide four teams of strictly from Tucson one two, one team from Phoenix which is where I met Michael Carrington and then here comes the precursor to Rise of Brutality which is 619 which was Usurge I believe I want to say Chase um, Jameson, Little
2: Jameson.
1: J Little J and uh, and and um, I think Jim I don't think Tim was there yeah
2: McMasters was there
1: yeah was McMasters there. was definitely there because we were like oh it's that big dude from from san diego that guy's a monster
2: he had his blonde tips yes, he did. uh in that uh 619 as well i wanted to mention I have, I have a picture to prove it too. i've
1: got video of this whole thing yeah. uh, of us playing against each other and we called it the good versus evil because we thought oh this is basically all american apostles coming down to play with us we didn't know that there was like a, a separation between the teams and so uh that was summer of 2006 um Later on, we had the 2006 winter Grand Canyon State Games, which is like, I think it was like five teams. It was was pretty pretty lame. And then in 2007, um, I take that back. Let me walk that back. So we had the, it was 2006 summer Grand Canyon State Games, but there was like a five, six team turnout. That winter in 2007, it was four teams, which we took. And then between myself, Michael Carrington, reaching out to Ed Prentice, saying, you should come over and help assist this Grand Canyon State Games and turn into a bigger thing they did that with um, with the inclusion of a tour stop type of um, qualifier so like if you won you got a free ticket to the, the DWC and that's when you guys started coming come in full force and I think Serge you're kind of like the, 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 the harbingers, uh, harbingers of like California invading us like I feel like that's where it started so by the time the summer of 2007 ro- or um, 2008 rolled around it was like LA showing up uh, but you guys are basically just showing up, and and I don't want to say stealing our thunder, but you made us really work for for that competition. Do you remember that? Does well, that kind of check out sure. in your history when books? you
2: start, can you you may want to include the seven page email that was sent around uh, Arizona uh, regarding how you play uh, Rise in uh, all of the um, tournaments out there. Say again. <laughs> mm-hmm. do, you remember, do you remember the seven page yeah. email? That, yeah, that, uh, that did happen. Yeah.
1: I did it. Who sent out an email?
0: They were scouting us.
2: They, yeah, they scouted us. There was a seven-page email that went out about how to beat Rise in the Grand Canyon State Games. So Who now, put that together?
1: That? Is that Bill Fair?
2: No, it was mm. – It was. Uh, we called him uh, – his name is Ryan. It was, Ryan, uh, Ryan, Anderson. Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Anderson and that whole crew. But I think it was even other people. Yeah. There was a seven-page email that went out, and we got a hold of it. And we read it, and it was it was quite interesting. Who
1: gave so that to you? Who's that who's the, the, the trader?
0: I w- I was amused.
2: Yeah, hmm. you can exclude that, but I know you want. You, please uh, elaborate on on your experience.
1: I don't remember that email. Um, I want to know who the trader is. I think it was Jackie, because I think she and <laughs> Kelly were friends at that point.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, I miss Jackie.
1: I miss you guys throwing her into the pool as I was talking with Piyan. That was hysterical, and I'd I would kill to see that again real time.
0: I would just kill to see Jackie at a tournament.
1: Uh reach out to her. I think she still has it. I was she, say
4: what stopped yeah. her from playing dodgeball?
1: I um, well, Tucson kind of crumbled. Um, yeah. The the competitive scene for Tucson kind of just dissipated, um, yeah. and I think that kind of made it less more motivating for her to, to keep playing. But I, I I still think she's got a couple good years in her. She was.
0: Oh, absolutely a
1: freaking monster and you want to talk about like the OGs like I for us she set the tone for what a competitive female player could be like because she was
0: absolutely fierce. I a remember...
4: good story about her the first time we came to Arizona or sorry the second time we came for a random draw tournament and it was the time I remember her just absolutely crushing ish all day okay.
1: she the had faith. a rivalry with him
0: Well, I think think. that it gets forgotten how far back all of us go as far as like women in dodgeball. And so, you know, I've known Jackie for so long, it's kind of crazy, but the very first all women's team that we played with at NDL Mm -hmm. was in Opens. There wasn't a women's division at the time, there was supposed to be and then there wasn't enough teams, aka there wasn't even two teams. So we ended up playing Opens, and that was, we played Dirty Girls Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. And it was Jackie and I as the co-captains, and Jen, who doesn't play anymore either. And so, you know, it it goes pretty far back, but Jackie is definitely one of the OGs mm-hmm. of Dodgeball.
2: You have the Dodge, the Dodge Dolls
4: as well?
0: Yeah, Dodge there. Dolls.
4: Was Jen the one that was always had like a broken ankle?
2: Mm. Yeah, I think so. No, no she was she no, was uh, she
0: was on janitors when it first started it was me and Jen and then Tommy Colin Jim and Tim
2: so not to be gender uh, specific but she was she was she was a very tall girl and she played softball for several years so she yes. had a great arm great arm mm. and so and one of the reasons why Tim and Jim and Colin all picked because I, I don't know if you know this a lot of people do any co-ed team uh, the big difference between uh, one co-ed team versus another is how great the girls are, and it's a huge difference, oh, and yeah. that was a huge difference for janitors at the time when you had Kelly and you had um, Jen. Jen playing on the same team.
0: Yeah, so that was the very first Dirty Girls dodgeball was the very first women's team out of Southern California that played in open in NBL. Do
3: you remember what year that was, Kelly? Uh,
0: 2008. 2008. Eight. Seven or eight,
2: yeah. Uh,
1: seven and eight. I want to say eight because two thousand seven. All Ed did was like just put all the the women together into like this kind of yeah. Quasi- so I think that's division. the year I
0: played with a th- yeah. They, they pulled all the women together and they just did kind of random teams. Like go and have it, fun. Our team ended up winning. I played with some um, some or no. I played with Tim Tim. I played with Tim Tim. I and missed Tim Tim. Yeah, exactly. She so was. is her sister. And so I played with Tim Tim and I played um, with a few other players including Laura who played with AGP and we won that season for the women's. And then the next season we came back with Dirty Girls Dodgeball and there wasn't a women's because there wasn't enough teams so we ended up just playing open. And that was the first time I played with Jackie, although I had known her for a full year by that point and that was kind of like one of the first all women's teams in Dodgeball. There was another women's team out of uh, Oregon and unfortunately I don't know all their names anymore, but uh, they also had a team that had kind of gone into some of the open play as well.
1: I think they're the Dodge Bells. Yeah. If memory serves and me then correctly. after
0: that, Beavers played in open, Ballbusters played in open Ball and um Dodge Balls? No. What was it?
2: Dodge Dolls.
0: Dodge Dolls. Dodge Dolls. Yeah. yeah.
3: The easy. Yeah. Now, the
1: pink and white. So there was parts. a lot yep. of
0: women's teams that actually played in open before there was even women's.
3: When was the Ball
0: Busters?
1: Yeah. Ball Busters yeah. Ball was Busters 2010. was
0: like 2010.
1: 2010.
0: Yeah. yeah but, which which kind of collided with the same time as Beavers. So Ball Busters and Beavers were started around the same time. And. Because
4: I remember Ball Busters beating teams in open and yes. Grand yeah. Canyon State games. And oh. that was a big thing.
0: Absolutely. They took
1: fifth, I think, fifth or fourth.
0: So Ballbusters was an amazing team. Amazing yeah. eight point five team.
2: And before we get too much, you know, off topic, I just I, I wanna have a shout out to Michael Carrington because he he literally pushed uh, the Grand Canyon State games for a long period of time. Um, before, I think he had to stop because his, his uh, daughters were involved so much in volleyball that he was, that was his new emphasis. And I think Chad did one last year of mm-hmm. Grand Canyon State games before it all stopped. Yes. So, but I do, I, I feel it's, it's necessary to uh, give that, that recognition to Michael Carrington for doing what he did out in Arizona, not only for the Grand Canyon State Games, but he had a couple other tournaments that he ran. I think there was a, a $10,000 tournament that he also ran outside that of –
4: yeah, that, that was Ed Raymer.
1: Yeah, that was Phoenix Dodge Bowl. Uh, okay. So, yeah. But, uh, but the- I
0: will say that Grand Canyon State Games was one of the first all-women's divisions, and that forever I will be thankful for Mike.
1: Yeah, that, that was another thing that it brought to the table too. So, so real quick, uh, AZ Dodgeball would not exist without Sam Hewitt. I know I made that sideways comment about we don't mention that name, but we really owe a lot to to him. Just like we would look oh, to yeah, like, the MBL,
0: like absolutely.
1: But Michael Carrington um, definitely took that and turned it into what you guys were coming down, you know, for five, six hour drives to to make happen. And then in addition to that, you know, Ed Raymer, Ryan Anderson, um, Forrest. Okay. I can't think of his last name right now. But Griffin. a lot of guys. What's Griffin. that? What's that? Forrest
4: Griffin. Griffin. Wow.
3: He was, about
1: he nice. Yeah. So those people made uh, Phoenix Dodgeball. and So that's why you're talking about like the 10K showdown uh, that, went, that took place in 2012. But um, really a lot of it comes to um, Michael Carrington, just really – communicating, reaching out to people, talking with Ed Prentice, getting them to come out here and, and make, um, I guess, I won't say like jumpstart uh, Arizona Dodgeball and, and make it, give you guys that other thing to, to, to look out for, to seek that competition uh, before Vegas would come up again in August, September timeframe. Um,
0: yeah, that was definitely something that we always looked forward to in California. Um, we had NDL, which was great which brought a lot of teams from all over. But there wasn't really anything in California necessarily that was bringing us all together. And so I remember the it first It wasn't
4: time until NLA started doing... Right. Yep. And
0: that was, that was later when Justin and I got involved in NLA that we kind of started pushing more of that. And so... It was Grand Canyon State Games, and then NLA started doing their different championships, um, whether it was Oktoberfest or their Dodge Toberfest, and all kinds of different things that brought more teams together. Um, yeah, did you have something to say about that, Mark?
4: Oh, I, I can't remember who told me. Someone told me recently. They were like, Yeah, I just remember someone. From NLA being like, man, whatever Mark Akam's doing, that's not gonna last. It's not gonna make it.
0: Uh, well, people like to talk.
2: I mean, I, I got a funny story. Maybe we'll we'll get to it later on in the in the podcast when we get a little bit uh, when we move forward into the uh, more recent years of
0: uh, when we started graying. When
2: when yeah. Mark when Mark first uh, actually came to me during an, uh, an NDL tournament. And pitch the whole elite thing. I have a great story about that. So oh
0: wow, that I'm, that. I, I,
1: I'm interested. in hour in three point four. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's take a quick break. Um, because I, I God, there's so much to cover, and I I feel like we should. I do, mean, like, we
4: haven't even gotten to two thousand nine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so believe it or not, we actually recorded about three point five hours of reminiscing and attempts to paint the pre-elite, pre elite pre pre USA uh pre-worlds dodgeball scenes and due to time constraints on my end actually i went ahead and decided to go ahead and split this episode into two right after we took that first break um i really like the og panel idea so thank you so much joseph Coella, for coming to me during round one uh back in march to pitch your idea and for helping me flesh it out over the course of the remaining uh west series uh rounds of elite um, while I am kind of bummed it took so long to finally happen, I'm definitely am not somebody that likes to say, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that later. But um, I feel like the best things come naturally. And so with that, we were able to come together at a perfect time, um, you know, right after the elite uh, nationals and um, some time has passed since then, uh, since uh, we recorded that first episode. However, the, uh, the stories, names and memories uh, that we did capture, I feel are timeless. So just glad that we were able to, to make that happen huge uh huge thank you and shout out to mark acomb uh kelly salamone search ferrari and of course uh Quella for you know actually following through with the idea and not just pitching it and for you know spending your friday evening with me and delving into the past um if you know me you know that's something i really enjoy doing um maybe too much anyway um if you're an og or consider yourself an OG or know of any OGs, uh, especially in other regions, uh, please let me know. I would love for this to kind of take on a mini series of its own and just hear the stories of of how dodgeball began from other perspectives. Um, This is a story that's just not beholden to the West Coast uh, or West Coast players. So, um, you know, East, North, South, Northwest, I'm looking at you guys. Um, Plus, if you guys like the format of, you know, having the panelists have a little bit of some libations uh, while this is taking place and that hopefully uh, laid back, uh, relaxed atmosphere. I'm down to, to make that happen more and more. So let me know. Uh, in the meantime, uh, stay tuned next week for the second half of the OG Series West panel. I think we might've actually gotten to 2010, so we'll see. Uh, but until then, have a great rest of your evening, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Joe Colella, right? Colella?
2: Yes, Colella.
1: Colella. Yes. I'm going to actually try to say it right this time.
2: Are you going to
0: say Mark's name right?
1: <coughs> Probably not. Um, I'm not going to jinx myself, but OK. <laughs> so let's attempt this in three, two, one.